Welcome to Stirring Words, where health and fitness experts Kim Taylor and Judy Ulrey explore God's wisdom on wellness. Listen in now on their weekly phone conversation. Judy, how are you doing today, girl? My friend Kimberly, how are you? I'm actually doing well. You're doing well. It's a beautiful day here where I am. Well, good. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) You know, Judy, it's too funny, girl. I just know God must have auto-tune in heaven. (laughs) Or at least I hope he does anyway. That's how I feel. Okay, I I won't read too much into that. Yeah, girl, I'm sorry. Just I can't like sing either. Child, That's what I Jesus yeah. That was great, even though it yeah. wasn't. Okay, yeah. we're going to start in prayer, sister, before this goes <laughs> Okay, I'll go ahead and pray to open us up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that the joy of the Lord is indeed our strength. And we are confident that you are filled with joy when you hear one of your children singing sincerely to you in praise. And I joke to myself because I I really don't have much of a voice either, but I'm sure that you receive our praise just as surely as you receive the praise of the most accomplished, talented singers. Because we know that you read our hearts and you know that when we sing to you out of love and sincerity, oh, you receive that just like earthly father would receive it for his from his child. So we do thank you, Lord, that you promise to never leave us, that you'll never forsake us, and you are with us here on this podcast episode. And we're thankful that you do give us everything we need pertaining to life and godliness because we know that your plans for us are better than any plans that we have for ourselves, and you've committed to completing the good work that you have started in us. So we thank you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, sister. And I'm going to interject a little teaser. I would like to do a podcast on singing because what I know, Kim, is that many of our listeners out there struggle with having the momentum, having the um, enthusiasm for exercise, and that sometimes, as we actually discussed last week, night eating can be a problem. And let me tell you what, in my opinion, there is nothing more powerful, nothing more emotion-changing, which then changes our heart and our actions, than singing praise, than simply standing up and starting to sing. And if you really want to take it to the next de- next level, doing a little dance, doing a little jig in honor of our Father. So I would love to do a session on that because I think it absolutely can transform lives for so many reasons. So just throwing that out there. Amen. And that's an excellent idea for an episode because we know how King David played music for Saul to drive out the evil spirit that was plaguing him. I think music is absolutely powerful for changing our state. So, yes, yeah, let's consider it done. Okay, then. This week, however, 
I would like to discuss with you what is possibly one of the two most important pieces of successful living of our sanctification, and that is putting on God's Word. It is the foundation between putting on God's Word, meditating on God's Word, and praying, and even especially praying God's Word, that is the foundation of our successful godly living. And I'd like to talk about that with you today, Kim, and I would like to present 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4, and I'm going to read through it, and then, because I do everything backwards, right? I would actually like to unwrap it with you backwards, because as those who follow us regularly know, we're going through Sprinkled Clean, my book, and, and as I was writing Sprinkled Clean, and as I was meditating on Second Peter 1, 3 to 4, in my little pea brain, it sort of made sense to meditate on it, to think through it backwards. So let me read the passage, and then that'll make more sense as to where we go with it. So 2 Peter 1, 3 to 4 reads, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now, sister, that is a mouthful. And when we get to heaven, I'm going to talk to Paul about his run-on sentences, because that is like a lot of stuff in with one period. So, but it is, so I'd like to unwrap that because it is so power packed, but what I'm going to do is actually unwrap it backwards. And the first phrase I'd like us to look at is near the end, partakers of the, of the divine nature. It says, you may become a partaker of the divine nature. So I was thinking about that, Kim, and I looked at partake. That's a great word, right? But how often do you use the word partake? Like, I don't know about you. It's not often off of my lips. And yet I, I, I think it's a great word, and it means to share. It means to receive or take or to have a share of. I think about partaking of tea and crumpets. It, it is a time of 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 sharing and receiving and, and taking something on. And so what this says, Kim, is that you may be, you may share in God's divine nature. Like that's crazy. You may share in God's divine nature. You can become more like him. And isn't that what we're all trying to do? And I think the problem is we're all trying to do it in our flesh and not in the spirit. And, if you listen to our previous messages a couple of weeks back, it, it was about we can't 
but through his grace and through his power and through his spirit, we can. We can what? We can partake in his divine nature. But we must receive it. Part of partaking is receiving, is to taking, is to sharing. So we must receive those attributes of his divine nature through the Holy Spirit. So then I started thinking, Kim, and then I'm anxious to hear your words of wisdom. I started to think about, so what are the aspects of his divine nature, right? Like for me, and anybody who's read Sprinkle Clean knows, his graciousness, his mercy, his slowness to anger, those are... Those are some of his attributes that I would love to share more. Um, He's abounding in steadfast love. You you know, go to Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and there they are. It's the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's love, joy, peace. How many people are looking for peace, partaking in God's peace? Point is, we they need to receive God's peace, patience, patience, Judas, patience. That would be good. In my life, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and for all those listening who struggle with self-control, whether that's food or or tending to your temple in terms of moving regularly instead of sitting, that is one of the divine attributes of God. We can partake, you can share, you can receive self-control through God. So talk to me, sister, about this idea of what is God's divine nature, how do we receive, and how, what an amazing gift that is. Well, Judy, you brought up an image to me when you talked about partaking, and you mentioned the word tea and crumpets, which I thought was kind of funny. But it really does speak to the generosity of the God that we serve. And he is gracious. And when you think about tea and crumpets, you're just thinking about this wonderful event that you have been invited to and and all the care that has been taken by the host to say, come on, partake. I just did this just for you. And and I thought to myself, God, you are so generous to give us that invitation to partake of your nature. And when we talk about receiving, you have to start with believing. Because so many people may read the word of God, may read these words, and say to themselves, yeah, God, I know what you say, but that's not for me. Or somehow I'm not worthy to partake of your nature. I've got all these bad habits and and, um, contrary nature on the inside of myself, and, and it's really just too good for me to believe that I can receive this, your divine nature. So the first part of it really is reading that word, reading these words that tell us all that we have in God and his nature and know that it's based on God's goodness and his generosity that he invites us to partake. It's nothing to do with us saying to ourselves, well, I'm so worthy, I'm so good, that of course 
God would invite me to partake of his nature because I'm so good. No. We have that humble heart, and we just receive and partake with thanksgiving for God's grace, for his mercy, and making all of himself available to us. You know, it's interesting. I'm back having tea and crumpets. (laughs) And I just want to mimic a couple of the words that you use that I think are so profound. Generous. Care by the hostess. By invitation. And I wrote down the word luxury. Mm -hmm. And isn't that what God offers as he says, partake, partake of my divine nature, share, receive it. So for second Peter one, three to four, starting with the, at the end, partakers of his divine nature. And then as we continue backwards, there are two phrases that I'd like to focus on through his precious and very great promises through his precious and very great promises and through the knowledge of him. So Kim, how do we partake of these great gifts? Where, where are his promises? What are these precious and very great promises. How do we increase in our knowledge of him? It is through his holy word. I'm telling you, listeners, this is the foundation of your transformation. You must be in the word. You must feast on the word. You must Cling to God's word. One of my favorite go-to pastors is a Scotsman by the name of Sinclair Ferguson. And he said in one of his sermons, there is a relationship between being filled with the spirit and being filled with the word of God. And that is so true. That is how we partake. That is how we receive. That is how God shares his divine nature with us, is through his holy word. And so what are those precious and very great promises? Well, Kim, you and I talk about them every week. So let's just backtrack. We did an entire series on who our identity in Christ. And if anybody missed that, I encourage you to go back, listen to that. There was we it ended up there was so much meat in those words that it ended up being three sessions for us. So I'm not gonna review all three of those sessions, but I am going to cite the, the verses that we that we discussed and remind our listeners who they are, if they had accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, this is one of the the promises that they can cling to. You are a new creation. 
says 2 Corinthians 5.17. You, you were chosen. You have been adopted by God Almighty, says Galatians 4, 4 to 5. You are united with Christ. So, so one of those precious promises is that you are united with Christ. So no wonder you can share in his divine nature. You are new, united with Christ, says 1 Corinthians 6, 17. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. And I don't know, that's maybe, in my opinion, the most important. We have been forgiven. We have been redeemed by the blood of the precious Lamb of God. And that says, I mean, it's all over the, the Holy Word, right? But we, we focus on Psalm 119.45. You are God's workmanship. This is one that I know people have a hard time believing. Me, no, look at me, I'm flawed. Well, yeah, you are flawed. But you are God's workmanship, says Ephesians 2.10. You are righteous and holy. Talk about sharing, partaking in God's divine nature. None of us are righteous and holy on our own. And that's mm-hmm. Colossians 1, 2, 1, 22 and 23. We are, not, we are only righteous and holy through partaking in God's divine nature. You are known, says Psalm 139, 2 to 4, and you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, says Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. So those are just some of the precious promises, precious and very great promises that we can find in the Holy Word. And Kim, through the knowledge of him, when, when you look through just those verses of our identity in Christ, what does that say about him? I mean, it's not a statement about who we are. Mm-hmm. It is a statement about who he is and how he transforms us and how he sees us as he, believe, as he is creating us and not as how we are today. So I know you have lots to share with us, Kim, on just the two phrases, through his precious and very great promises and through the knowledge of him, through the Holy Word. I just think about how Jesus told the parable in the scriptures about one who finds a pearl of great price and how once he found that pearl of great price, he took everything that he had and made that investment, just said, oh, this is so valuable. And I think to myself that God's promises are like that pearl of great price. And I believe that when we recognize how valuable the promises of God are and how we cannot live a victorious Christian life without these promises, then we would make time to get into the Word and find out what God says. In fact, I I read a, a comment on my Take Back Your Temple blog, and there was a young lady who wrote, yeah, I know I should get into the Word, but I'm just too lazy. And oh. and I put that up to her to say it's not laziness, it's a question of value because people do take time for those things that they see are valuable. And and in her case, she was she was trying to – she mentioned that she was trying to do it after a long day at work. Well, for suggestions, 
actually advise her to do it before she start the day. Because when you wake up, you're fresh, and, and God already knows what challenges you're going to face that day. So to me, going without the word in the morning and going about and doing your normal day and just saving it to the end of the day, that's too late. And I'm not talking about making it a legalistic requirement, but it's about recognizing the spiritual battle that we're in. And particularly if you're going to work and you're facing other people and and you're going about your day, you need to be fully armed. And part of that armament is to recognize the value of the Spirit of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the other thing, and and there was a scripture, and I'm, I'm trying to think of it, and I believe it was in Psalm, about how the difference in the relationship between Moses and the other children of Israel, it talked about how the children of Israel knew the acts of God, but Moses knew God's ways. And that is about allowing, as you go about during your daily life and you're studying the Word, allowing God's Word to transform your ability to see, your ability to observe and see his activity and how he's acting on your behalf in your daily life. Because as you begin to walk out this journey and see God's character demonstrated in your daily life, then you come to know him better. You come to trust him. You come to rely upon him. So you already talked about the the promises of God. We need to take God at his word that these promises are just invaluable. We cannot calculate their value and make that decision that we are going to prioritize the word of God because our life is contained within them. And ask the Holy Spirit for understanding as you read the word of God, because it's only by having that understanding that you're going to be able to apply them and see how to apply them in your daily life. You know, Kim, Jesus called himself the bread of life. Yes. And that's an interesting analogy, right? And in my opinion, I mean, you and I talk, have discussed the importance of starting your day with breakfast and how, and when I was in the corporate wellness space, I was preaching that all the time. And I, when I was doing fitness testing, I literally would see people who would start, who would start to dramatically lose weight when they did nothing different but started to eat breakfast because Mm -hmm. we need to start our bodies need fuel in the beginning of the day and let me tell you what brothers and sisters your spirit needs fuel yeah your spirit needs to be fueled every morning by the bread of life amen god and when you walk out hungry remember how you know think about how How many bad decisions were made because you were hungry and you were low blood sugar and you were cranky and you went through the drive-thru or you went through the grocery store and you bought a bunch of stuff that you really wouldn't have bought normally, but you were hungry. You were low blood sugar. Well, let me tell you what you are going to do, have just as many bad, make just as many bad decisions or worse when you have a spiritual low blood sugar, when you are not filled with the word of God, you, the word you used, which, and I'm sure you know the scripture and I can't pull it out of my brain. It is the armor of God. Yes. Part of the armor of God is the word of God. 
and you said, if you walk out in the morning and you are not armed, you will pay the price. Yeah. And not, so not only is this how we become partakers of God's divine nature, but it just keeps us out of the ditch. <laughs> we want to know that we are covered, that we are filled, that we started our day saying, I am the sheep and you are the shepherd. This is the day that the Lord has made. Direct me. How would you have me invest this day? Feed me, Lord. Feed Amen. me. I need your word. So the last, the last phrase in this um, passage from First Second Peter that we're unwrapping is granting us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And this, again, goes back to what we've said again and again. We can't in our flesh, but through God's Spirit, we can. Granting us all things that pertain to life and godliness. If you want to be successful in eating healthfully when your flesh doesn't want to, if you want to be successful in exercising daily when your flesh doesn't want to, you will be granted that incentive through his divine nature. How many times have we said, Kim, it's not willpower, it's God power. So we go back to really the sort of the same idea as where we started with partake. Grant means to give to impart, to transmit, to provide. God gives us direction. God gives us motivation. God gives us strength through his holy word. So he supplies, he transmits his divine nature through his precious and very great promises. You know, I know we want him to just like beam it into us, right? <laughs> we are called to receive it through the word of God and prayer. It ain't going to just be like zap, you're righteous and holy. Step by step, moment by moment, day by day, we are slowly sanctified through the word of God and prayer. So... I, I want to throw out a or remind you, Kim, and our listeners of a story in the scripture and then ask you for your insights. Remember when Jesus, first of all, I think this is maybe one of the funniest verses in the entire Bible. <laughs> so Jesus is out there in the wilderness fasting for 40 days. Like, okay, excuse me, I can't fast a day or, you know, I struggle with that idea. But 40 days, he's out there fasting. Satan tries to trip him up. First of all, I have to tell you the funniest verse. And it says, when, when he finished this and when he came back after his 40 days of fasting, the word says, and he was hungry. <laughs> I just, okay, sorry. So anyway, while he's out there fasting, Satan, of course, tries to trip him up when his blood sugar is low. Like, is that, does that sound familiar? But mm -hmm. how does Jesus battle Satan? Through the word. He just throws his punches with the word of God. 
And that is our template. And how many of you out there listening, you get yourself in a bind, you're low blood sugar, Satan is saying, oh, you deserve it. Or Satan is saying, oh, you don't really feel like exercising. Or Satan is saying, oh, go ahead. Or whatever it is. Do you fight your battles with the word of God? Do you, do you claim his precious and very great promises? Do you fight your battles through the knowledge of your father instead of white-knuckling it? And if you're white-knuckling it, good luck with that. Yeah. But if you are fighting your battles with the sword of truth, then you can be victorious. Talk to me, Kim. Judy, I was just thinking the scripture tells us that we have the word of God, we meditate on it, and and I always think about the image of a a cow chewing the cud. Now, granted, you know, that's not really the most, the prettiest picture, but it's talking about a, a, a cow chewing food. But for us, it would be taking in spiritual nourishment. And we're taking the word of God in and we're chewing it over and over again. And we're asking God for understanding because our ultimate goal in taking the word of God in is not just to memorize it, but to make it a part of us so that when we face the challenges of life, the most natural thing is to respond to those challenges in a godly manner because his word has become a part of us. It's who we are. And so that really is the ultimate goal of studying the word, meditating on the word, uh, applying the word. And really it's a wonderful process that God takes us through and the the invitation that he gives us to partake of his word and partake of his nature and it's, we're being transformed from glory to glory and from faith to faith and it's really the most beautiful process It's not always easy sometimes it's painful when you confront those parts of yourself that's not godly you know you act in a non-godly manner ungodly manner but still you have to have that confidence to say okay lord you've begun this good work in me and you've made me a promise that you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to study your word. And I have that confidence that that word will do its work in my heart and begin to transform me into the image of my dear Savior. So it's a wonderful process. And I'm so thankful that you've brought this topic to us about partaking of God's promises so that we can share in his divine nature. Well, you know, Kim, I'm reminded of Psalm 1 that says, uh, he describes a man whose delight, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in all that he does, he prospers. Is that not what we have been discussing? But it is based on, on his law, he meditates day and night. And another one of my go-to pastors is John Piper. And he says this about meditating on the word. He says, 
if you don't have strong word in your heart and in your mind, putting itself forward and stored up in your memory, you'll be a pushover for the devil and your own flesh. Meditation means reading it, memorizing it, chewing on it, as Kim says, like God, meditating on it, pondering it, thinking about it until you see it in the way God wants it to be seen, namely as infinitely precious and satisfying, and then it changes everything. Amen. Such a good word. Yes, Final comments, Kim? I believe that quote by Pastor Piper, (laughs) that says it all, and it shows us how valuable and how precious and essential the Word of God is for us to live a victorious Christian life. We just cannot do it without the Word of God. Absolutely, and we don't want to be a pushover for the devil and our own flesh, do we? No, we do not, and we won't be. So let me throw out a couple of action steps to our listeners, and then unless you have anything else, I will close us in prayer. I just think we all need to just go to the Word right now, right? Yeah. Two things I would encourage. As we, as Kim and I have just done, consider each key phrase in Second Peter 1, 3 to 4. And do some journaling about it and how it can help you in your process of change. So we've thrown out some ideas, but personalize it. Take the key phrases, and there are other key phrases that are going to jump out to you that we didn't discuss. Dissect that passage and do some journaling about, and before you do that, ask God to speak. Speak to me, Lord, through, the, through your holy word. What, what do you want me to hear through this passage? And then personalize it as to what you hear him saying. And then just, I'd encourage everybody for the next week, pray through that passage every day. Pray it. Personalize it. Pray it. I mean, and we've, you know, we've talked about that tons of times, but you literally, Lord Jesus, Your divine power has granted me everything that pertains to life and godliness. In fact, I think what I'll do, Kim, with your permission, I'm going to close this out in prayer, and I am going to pray this passage over our listeners. Awesome. Gracious Father, you are gracious. You are patient. You are gentle, abounding in steadfast love. My first prayer is that anyone hearing my words right now, if they're struggling with believing that, do what you need to do to reveal yourself to them, that they may be humbled and candidly crumbled. Because anyone who says, oh, that doesn't pertain to me is honestly prideful is doubting your word, is doubting your generous and great promises. So thank you that we can believe your word and that your divine power has granted to all of us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of you who has called us to your glory and your excellence. And that you have granted to us, you have given to us, you have shared with us your precious and very great promises. How grateful we are, Lord Jesus, for your word, for those great promises to which we can cling, some of which are feel too good to be true. But they're your word. They are your promise. So they are true. So that through those promises, so that through your word, we might all become partakers of your divine nature. Transform us, mold us, make us, sanctify us. We want to escape from the corruption that is in this world, that is in our lives because of our sinful desires, because of our weak flesh. So thank you. Thank you that we can believe your word as true and therefore we can celebrate in knowing we are present tense now partakers of your divine nature. And Father, we can pray these things in confidence because of your son who you sent to die, that we might have life. It is because of his sacrifice that we can have relationship with you and transformation through you. We are humbled in gratitude. We come before you in the name and the power of our Savior Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your great and precious promises, because in you we have the victory over the enemy. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, my friend. It's always a delight. Yes, it is. What a powerhouse episode we had, and I look forward to next week, and God willing, we'll be here again. Open up the word. Yes. Well, you have a great week, sister. I love you. And you too. Love you big. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Stirring Words. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a session. And please tell your friends about us. If you'd like to dig deeper into this week's message, you can reach Kim at TakeBackYourTemple.com and Judy at HolyHealthClub.com. Until next week, may you be stirred by God's transformative word.